So today, today is a, a very exciting day for, for us as a church as we begin our, our new partnership with Dreamhouse. And for me, especially as, uh, as a pastor and uh, having sort of been the first point of contact uh, between Dreamhouse and St. Timothy's, well, actually, I guess the Fish Food Pantry was. This is a ministry that was all born out of a connection made through the Fish Food Pantry. Uh, but I've seen this pattern before. Uh, in, the, in the past, I've had times in my ministry where I've had a question in front of me and no answers. And I've prayed, God, what do you think? And I was praying about opportunities for local mission connection for our church. And that's when I got a, a phone call from a member of our church that volunteers at the food pantry who said, I have somebody I would love to introduce you to. And I've thought, this has happened to me once before. One time I was praying for the very same thing. And somebody called me up and said, Joe, I have somebody I would like you to meet. And they went on to introduce me to Pastor Scott, who leads Cham Deliverance Ministry and the Mercy Mobile, which has become now in its, uh, you know, perhaps seven or eight years since then, a very fruitful ministry partnership. And I suspect that we will see the very same thing with Dreamhouse as we look forward. And today, it's my pleasure to invite up uh, one of the women who is a resident at Dreamhouse, Cynthia. She's going to come up and share some of her testimony of what God has been up to in her life. And so please welcome up Cynthia. Hello. Good morning, everybody. We're not afternoon yet. Um, my name is Cynthia Galindo. I'm 22 years old, and I'm also a single mother to a five-year-old baby girl. Um, I'm also an immigrant here in the United States since I was 10, if I remember correctly. Um, so life hasn't exactly been easy for me from the moment that I came here. Um, for us immigrants, they like to call it the American dream that you pursue when you get here. Um, but really, my life has been, as, at least as a childhood, until just about a year ago, kind of, uh, sorry, um, painful. Uh, it's a, it was a painful childhood. I was sexually harassed in my own home by a family member for five years, nonstop. Um, sorry. And I left my home with my ex-husband thinking, you know, that I loved him, but in reality, I now know that I, I left because I was trying to run away from that. And I moved out when I was 16, and with having no, no love still, thank you. <laughs> Um, I was still looking for something that, you know, my life wasn't fulfilled even when I moved out of my parents and I thought I had left all that behind. Um, I still felt so empty. Everything that I once had passion for, I was a straight A student my whole life, thinking that I could get somewhere. But then reality checks come and it's like, oh, I'm not born here. I don't have the same possibilities that everybody else does. 
And so that kind of just put me in a reality check of where I wanted to go with my life. So I became pregnant purposely at the age of 16 and uh, had my child at 17. And I remember being talked about a lot, you know, like those judgments that come with being a teenage parent that you ruin your life and that you're not going to do well. But I thanks to God, I beat the odds. Um, I'm now graduating next week, um, college, thank you. Thank you. And um, I believe it was God who sent me. Not that it was an easy way to get uh, my paperwork, um, because I had to suffer violence here in order to get a visa and try to get my paperwork set up. But I now have the opportunity, like the rest of my other friends, to build a life here for my daughter and for me. And so um, even while being with my daughter's father, it was, it was painful. I stayed there for six years. It was a violent relationship. And just almost about next month, a year from now, it'll be a year since I separated. And, you know, I'm so happy where I am today because it wouldn't be possible without the help of God and the help of Dream House. Um, I believe I left in June of last year, and I was not homeless, but I wasn't in a stable place. I was kind of going back and forth and with my child. It was really hard. I, she would ask why we couldn't live with her father. And I didn't know how to explain to a little four-year-old that you know, mommy just couldn't take it anymore because it got to the point to where he almost killed me. And that's why I left. <sighs> Sorry. So after three stressful months of just looking around, um, uh, one of my counselors from high school actually connected me with Miss Caroline and Miss Nellie. And, you know, I was in desperate uh, needs to leave already. I think I had about a day or two left where I was living because I was getting kicked out and I didn't know where to go next. And Miss Nellie contacted me and she was, she was like, oh, well, you can move as soon as you want to. And that just made me realize that God was really listening to me. And the Dream House has been such a loving and support system. I mean, I never dropped out of school once because I knew where I wanted to go. And, you know, because I, I now have that support system for me and my daughter, a place to stay, I know that I'm safe and that I don't have to worry, at least for a little while until I have to find a place 
But by then, hopefully, I'll have all my paperwork straight up, and I'll be able to get an apartment for me and my kid. So in the meantime, I'm just at the dream house, and I'm saving up and trying to make my dream come true. I'm now studying, um, getting my associates in uh, psychology and sociology. Because of all this drama that I went through, I now want to help others who were in the same place as me. And I want to become a family and children's therapist and just help make a change where it could have been in mine. So thank you to this church for all the help that you guys have brought. And thank you to Miss Nellie and Miss Jay for helping the house make it a home. I really do love being there, and it's been an amazing path, and I'm just hoping to be there a little longer. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my story and how I met them. Thank you. Cynthia, thank you so much for sharing some of your story with uh, the hardships, but also the reality of God's faithfulness that his handprints are all over your life, and it's not done. Uh, I'm excited to see what God has in store for you and for the rest of the women at Dreamhouse, uh, and it's interesting. It's such a great reminder of that scripture we've read today in 1 Peter that even in hardship, we can have hope. You see, God never promised us that this life would be easy. In fact, the Scriptures actually assure us that the opposite will be the case. First Peter 4 says, Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as if something strange were happening to you. You know, sometimes it's easy to think that difficulties come to us, we experience them, and it's like, wow, I'm alone in this. But the reality is that difficulties in life are not weird. They are not the exception. They are so often the norm for us. Life is filled with challenges. And while Peter in this text is specifically talking about the trials that we may face in this life because of our faith, the entire first letter of Peter is a story of hope in hardship from front to back, of the challenges that come in this life and the reason for hope that we have. Now, uh, at the beginning of this Resurrection Power sermon series... Anna Marie started us off talking about the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that we have hope not because it is wishful thinking about things we hope happen in the future, but we have a hope that is firm and secure because Jesus was risen from the dead. And we actually, we see in Jesus himself an example. His life was not cushy. He was well acquainted with trials and challenges and opposition and suffering, even though he lived a perfect life. And that is exactly why we 
can have hope in the midst of our challenges. Because Jesus is proof that sin, evil, struggle, those things do not invalidate the power or the mercy or the goodness of God. You see, Jesus went to the cross, and on that cross, he died a horrible death. And then he went to spend what I suspect were the three loneliest days in all of human history in that tomb. He descended to hell itself. He took the worst that the enemy had to offer, pain, suffering, rejection, betrayal, loneliness, and death itself. And then he rose again. He was victorious over all of it. And when you are his, when your faith and your trust are in the risen Christ, then his victory is your victory. And so your hardships, they're not a mystery to Christ. He sees you. He's there with you because he's been there before. The promise of the Christian faith is not that life will be easy. The promise is that the tomb was empty and that our Redeemer lives. That trial, the hardship, the death that, that Jesus faced, it was not the end for him and it is not the end for you either. So Peter says, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal you're facing as if something strange were happening to you. Hardship is natural in this life because we are in a humanity broken by sin. And we live in the reverberations of sin in the world around us. And the truth is that every time that holiness comes into contact with sin, there is friction because the darkness does not like when the light shows up. But the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. The promise of Christ is not a life free of fiery ordeals, but of a Savior who stands with you and sustains you in the fire. And if you're still here today, and the reality of your life right now is that it is a fiery ordeal, it is a hardship, it might feel like the valley of the shadow of death, but if you're still here today, then you know that your story is not over. Jesus is with you. And you have reason for hope. And you have reason for hope because the victory was already won when Jesus won it on the cross. One of my favorite movies is Miracle. It's a classic. It's about the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team the Olympic hockey team, and their defeat of the Soviet team at the Lake Placid Olympics. 
It was an American team made up of college students going up against a Russian or a Soviet team made up entirely of professional hockey players. And this was a Soviet team that had not lost a single game in 16 years, four consecutive gold medals. All of this at the height of the tensions of the Cold War. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? It's fantastic. But one of the things that I love about this movie, is super interesting to me, is that it came out in 2004, which meant that before anybody had ever even seen it, we had all known how it was going to end. No spoiler alerts with Miracle, because we learned the ending in 1980. It's been 24 years. That didn't mean that the movie wasn't an emotional roller coaster. It had high highs and low lows. But what it did mean is that at least for me, as I watched the story, I could experience the highs and the lows a little differently with expectation, with anticipation. And as I watch that dramatic scene of uh, Coach Herb Brooks in the locker room giving his speech before that big game, and he says, boys, if we played this game 10 times, we would lose nine of them. But not today. And as I hear those words in that movie, I do not hear wishful thinking. I hear hope. Because we all already know how that game ends. It was a game that was won 43 years ago. And that, my friends, is the life of faith. That is the life of resurrection power knowing that the game was won 2,000 years ago and that on the other side of the cross is an empty tomb. It's knowing that on the other side of the desert is the promised land. It is knowing that our hope is firm and secure and that nothing can take it away because 2,000 years ago the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty. So we can have the confidence and the faith and the trust in God to look at those nine out of 10 situations and say, not today, because we know how the story ends. And so it's not wishful thinking. It is not blind faith. It is the miracle of hope that Christ has conquered sin and death, he has conquered the power of the devil, and that by faith, that victory is ours. It was a tomb that could not hold 
Jesus down. Do you believe in miracles? Brothers and sisters in Christ, wherever you're at today, whether things are good or you're in the middle of that fiery ordeal, you can face your hardships with hope because you know how the game ends. Find your strength and your hope in the risen Christ, in the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen.